When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 196 of the Unholy Trinity podcast, brought to you in association with Sports Social, Europe's biggest sports podcast network, and also Fanatics. It's a little bit of a shame we're behind a microphone this morning, I've got to be got to be totally honest. Um, there was no podcast scheduled for this weekend, with it being the international break. Uh, we thought we'd do a little bit of a preview during the week before the Man United game. And then we had the... Um, we had the shocking, the shocking news that came out yesterday that Everton have immediately been deducted ten points from their their fourteen points achieved this season by the independent commission who found Everton to have breached the profits and sustainability rules. Um, and it's come as a complete and utter shock, I think, to all Evertonians, all local people in the media, some national media outlets. But we'll come on to that shortly. And I think when it when it was it came out and and there was murmurings late on yesterday morning, early afternoon, it was complete and utter anger from a, a fan perspective, from a club perspective, of course, and something which we feel that the you know the the punishment which has been handed out of minus ten points is totally disproportionate, given it was one charge, it was nineteen point five million pound worst case scenario over over three years. And none of the mitigating factors were, were even taken into account, it seems, by the independent commission. I think we feel so strongly about it because of what we saw only a few years ago when six clubs decided they were going to try and destroy the English football pyramid as we know it and as we knew it. And they received a fine of, of £3 million and we were told not to do it again because you might get some points taken off. So these these strong feelings are there. It is. It feels as if... Everton have been used as a pawn in a political game uh, with the independent regulator due potentially to come in and regulate the, the Premier League. They're trying to flex the muscles and show they can do it all themselves. We've got Manchester City sitting on 115 charges, <laughs> charged for Everton, yet to, yet to have been heard. We've got more stories come out of Chelsea. They're, they're being looked into by, by the Premier League. And we just feel, even again this morning, I woke, I woke up in a terrible mood. I've got to be totally honest with you. And the first thing on my mind is is losing those points and, and what the outcome of and uh, what the outcome was. And I'm delighted to say, joining me, me and Lee this morning, uh, friend of the show, been on the on the podcast many, many times, 
is uh, is Frank McKenna. And what are your thoughts, Frank, on on the whole debacle that is obviously now? It's been almost twenty four hours or so since the uh, the results came out and and the points have been taken off. What what was your initial feeling when you when you saw it was Everton minus ten points? Well, I think that was an excellent summary that you've just given, Mike, in terms of the independent panel's decision uh, and its uh, ultimate review of, of the case, which obviously has been going on since March, I think last year or maybe earlier this year. But ultimately, um, I was, like every Evertonian, I think, like every fair-minded football fan, I would say, absolutely shocked by the scale of the points deduction. It's an absolutely outrageous and scandalous decision. And my view is that the Premier League have overstretched uh, because if they thought that this was going to give comfort to the government and perhaps dissuade them from introducing an independent regulator into the game, well, it's backfired massively. The immediate reaction from DCMS, uh, the minister responsible for sport, was to say that this further demonstrates the need for an independent regulator because, of course, you've got a Tory MP sat there who probably knows little or nothing about football. And what they see, the optics of this, is a football club has acted so out of order that they've been deducted 10 points. So if the idea from the Premier League was to, as I say, dissuade the government from going down the route of an independent regulator, then I think that will backfire. I think the bigger picture, though, starts to chip away at what is left of the Premier League's integrity. And let's face it, a lot of us has been questioning that for a number of years now, since the debacle of the lack of punishment of the uh, Sly Six. So this further demonstrates again that the Premier League are basically, first and foremost, interested in the cash that those six clubs in their opinion, generates, and the rest of us just make up the numbers. Um, and I think that if the wider football community starts to take this matter seriously and look at it objectively, rather than take partisan positions on it, then this could actually lead to a huge problem for the Premier League and indeed for football authorities through the pyramid, because none of them have covered themselves in glory in recent times. And we need to start to demand, I think, as, as I say, a wider football community now, far more transparency in terms of the way decision make, decisions are taken. Um, and I'm not just talking about the financial impact of uh, what goes on within football clubs, but ownership, which is something else that Everton are having to go through at the moment. So we're really confident that this bunch of clowns are going to do a proper fit and proper a, a fit and proper person test on our new ownership or potential new owners. So I, I think that will have to be uh, looked at, and they'll come under increased scrutiny. But the big problem now for the Premier League is that they inevitably and understandably will be getting screamed at by Burnley and by Leicester. I don't have any. Uh, truck with Southampton and Leeds, they, you know, they'd have gone down anyway. But Burnley and Leicester will quite rightly be saying, well, hang on, Everton had an open book policy with you guys. So it wasn't as if Everton were doing things that you knew 
that, that you didn't know about. You you were under the bonnet of that club, and you basically sanctioned all of the financial activity that was undertaken. So if Burnley and Leicester are feeling aggrieved, I can well understand that. But their gripe should be with the Premier League. And the final point I'll make, and you know, like you two guys, you could rant about this all day, really. But the final point I'll make is that you know, given the fact that they've now deducted 10 points from Everton, who does that benefit? Doesn't benefit those clubs that were most impacted, potentially Burnley, but I doubt it this season, looking at the, the, the poor performances of that club. And as I say, it just brings into disrepute the whole integrity of the competition. So I think that, as I say, they've overstretched to think it was a scandalous decision. I think that it will come back to bite them on the bump but the I should have said the final final point listen we've seen you know some journalists uh, come out and, and make what I would consider to be an objective um, opinion of the, of the decision but there's an awful lot of money attached to the media from the Premier League and so we can't rely on that narrative being consistent either it's massively important that Evertonians create as much noise as much fuss around that terrible decision and do what we can to get it overturned but as i say i think the premier league have once again undermined their own brand and and uh, i'll repeat the phrase you know massive questions now over the integrity of that organization yeah so i, I totally agree with you with your summary there there's so many points that you've made and and they hit home so much and there's so many questions that we've got to ask as well you know wh- why why have Everton been handed the harshest punishments ever seen in Premier League history why because there wasn't much meat on the bones I've got to be honest there's, there's no the, the actual report states there's no there's no kind of tariff for this kind of thing why isn't there there isn't it in the football league the football they know exactly where they are you know you see clubs like the Redden and, and sides like that who, who have suffered points deductions in recent times they know what each crime actually brings in terms of punishment. They know it's written. The Premier League haven't even got it written down. So th- th- there's a question. So how did you come to decide that Everton should be should lose 10 points? Now, the Premier League, as we all know, decided a couple of days after the death of Bill Kenwright to say that they were pushing for 12 points deduction from an independent commission, a meeting with, that was, in to- it was totally in private, and they leaked that to the media in some way, shape, or form. Now, when I went to write about this, and I'll share this with everybody now, when I do a, a, a weekly piece for the BBC, just a fan article, nothing, nothing drastic. I was basically censored quite a lot in terms of what I wanted to say, and it came back to me and said, literally, it was cutting, it was cut in half, and I couldn't say certain things because it's an independent commission, it's ongoing. It's sensitive, etc., etc., etc. Now I'm I'm no I'm no journalist. I I don't get paid mountains of money to write pieces. You know I'm not in the know like like sports or football journalists supposedly are. But it shows you that the BBC were concerned with the sensitivity of what was going on. Underst- okay, I get it, understandable. But then you have the Premier League. You can do whatever they want and say, yeah, go ahead, lads, put that in the paper there. Two days after the death of the Everton chairman. So totally tasteless, tasteless anyway. But we, we could see what game that they were playing from the off. They, they were keen on hitting Everton 
with the the most harsh sanction that they could. And let, let's face it, you know, they, they almost got the way. I mean, 10 points, 12 points, 2 points difference doesn't make a great deal of difference, to be perfectly honest with you. And it's absolutely scandalous the way that they've gone about their business around the whole thing. You know, it's after I, I said at the start of the show, when they, um, when obviously those six sides decide to destroy English football and join the Super League, and that would have filtered down, the, the ramifications would have filtered down the whole football pyramid. When that happened, and you see journalists come out at that particular point, no names mentioned Henry Winter, how strongly. He said, you could not punish the fans. It's not the fans' fault that people behind closed doors, around boardroom tables, are taking decisions which impact the club. You cannot punish the fans for that. And I think a tweet this morning, I think someone liked what, one of our tweets from back there actually this morning, which was quoting uh, what Henry Winter said. And what he was saying was, I think that the punishment will be that other clubs and other fans who aren't part of this six really want to beat them out on the football pitch. Utter nonsense. Utter, utter shite, isn't it? You know, and you have journalists in these positions, and in my opinion, protecting their own position and petrified no. themselves, petrified themselves of losing access to certain clubs. No, 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 none of this talk has happened about Everton. And we're not sitting here, by the way, saying that Everton haven't done wrong. If we've done wrong, punish us. But do it fairly. Don't take the piss. Don't try and make an example of us because you're scared about this independent regulator. Don't play don't play us off as a pawn in your political game with the government. That is not our fault. By by all accounts, the breach was technically to do with the stadium. Let, let's get it right. That's where the vast majority of this, this issue stems from, rightly or wrongly. He said we've done not on deliberate. He's minus 10 points. It's an absolute shit show. And I'm glad that we didn't record yesterday. I said to Lee, I said, let's hang it a shout yesterday. Luckily, Lee was going out <laughs> and Pete was on the <laughs> and we couldn't do it. I was sitting in work and I was absolutely bouncing off the wall. And I had people saying to me, what are you still doing here? Why are you outside Finch Farm with the placard? Why aren't you doing a podcast? Blah, blah, blah. You know, so... It, it, it's it's still raw now, but Lee, I'll bring in at that point. You listened to me moaning for the last last sort of ten minutes or so. Uh, obviously, Frank's had, had his say as well. What's your take on the whole thing? Are, are you still are you still massively smart? And this morning is probably the question that I want to ask. I think I think you both have summed it up really well there, and, and you've got your emotions across as well, uh, particularly you, Mike, definitely, because I think yesterday I had to I had to try and restrain you over the phone so you're ready to go. <laughs> didn't you? Um, but um, and, and rightly so, you know, it's emotional because it because like you just said there, and you said it said it perfectly. We all know we've breached the 105 million losses. We all know we're in breach of that, and then you know, just under 20 million apparently, which is six million a season, give or take. But apparently, that's been essentially written down, or Everton says that should be written down to nine, which is then you know equated to three million a season. And then you're thinking, well, okay, okay, we know then we've actually breached the regulations or breached the, you know, what 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 the rules are. <clears throat> so why on earth have they just come up with the ten points then? I mean, all of us know that, you know, if they'd have come to us and said, look, there's a fine, and there's potentially a five or six point, five or six pointer, most of us as Evertonians would have probably gone, you know what, fair enough, right? That's a fair enough punishment, on the whole. 
But the fact that you've just said there they've come back with the biggest points deduction the Premier League has ever seen. Everton could have gone into administration and got less points. I mean, I mean, I mean, how do you even get your head around that? You know what I mean? We could have literally gone into administration, caused all sorts of issues with you know jobs, credited everything, and then just gone. You know what? Well, we've got nine instead of ten. Do you know what I mean? And that that is where they need to really look at themselves. And like you said before, you know, this whole independent regulator and in inverted commas. Apparently, David Phillips, KC, he's got huge dealings with Leeds United back in the day. <laughs> you know what I mean? And apparently, the S came out the other day and said, there's another chap on the panel who's involved with West Ham during the Carlos Tevez affairs. You think, hold up, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? I mean, how are these people supposed to be unbiased? And that, that, that for me, is what sticks the most. And like you said before, the fact that Everton obviously admitted to the transgression, but then said we've got seven or eight mitigating circumstances, they dismissed every single one. It's not as if they've just gone, you know what, OK, we'll dismiss that one, but that one over there, we'll, there's, there's some credence to that. They didn't. And particularly the one around the interest payments on the stadium, that is a joke. That is a joke. I mean, Frank, you'll know more than anyone. Everton here are trying to redevelop you know, a real area of Merseyside that needs has needed developing for God knows how many years, and that will create thousands of jobs and will be absolutely brilliant for the city. We're actually obviously going to strengthen our position financially by moving to this stadium as well, so long-term, it's more secure. And yet, we've not been able to write off the interest payment. Honestly, it's it's that for me was the one where you go, you know, I, I understand your argument, but see you later. And they just dismissed it. Uh, or they dismissed all of them for that matter. The fact that our owner, you know, we all know Usmanov is behind it. Everyone knows there's no secret in football. The fact that a war in, obviously, between Russia and Ukraine, which is horrendous, all the Russians, obviously, you know, have been sanctioned, have had their assets frozen in the UK, et cetera, et cetera. Over 60% of our sponsorship was effectively coming from that direction. But instantly, there's you know that stopped the taps turned off overnight. And what we've been led to believe, they were due to sign a naming rights deal for the new stadium for two hundred million, so ten basically ten or twenty million a season over ten seasons, wasn't it? Again, a way of obviously getting cash into the club, a legitimate way of getting cash into the club. That's completely gone. How can that not be taken into consideration? Obviously, I know Everton, you could probably say, push the boundaries with, with, the, with the whole um, pandemic write-offs. You can make a case for that. But then at the same time, a war that obviously is completely out of anybody's hands has massively impacted us in terms of finances. So I really do think they've... The only thing I can think of here, gents, and it'd be interesting to get your opinion on it, is I think they've gone big here, knowing there's going to be an appeal and knowing it's probably then likely potentially going to be halved on appeal. Because I can't think of any other reason why they would do that. I, I think we've got to be careful in making that assumption, though, Lee, because I think, as I say, that the there is a, a need of, a, of an absolutely massive backlash from Evertonians because we are the only ones that are going to sustain um, a, a story and a narrative around this. I mean, all the points you make are absolutely correct in terms of who could have seen the crash that uh, the economy brought in terms of interest rates post-pandemic? Who could have seen a Ukraine war coming? Who could have seen being accused of something that in the end 
uh, didn't go anywhere. But that's a fifty million pound asset that was basically taken out of Everton Football Club through no fault of their own. Again, something that's not being accepted as a mitigating circumstance. It's an absolute and utter fucking joke. But I think the other thing that I'd say in terms of that, you know, overstretch and the Premier League not doing themselves any favours, why would any football club in the future cooperate with the Premier League? Because you've got a club there, Manchester City, 115 charges against them who are simply kicking the can down the road, kicking the can down the road, not cooperating at all. Premier League and the solicitors can't get near them. And by the time they do get near them, City will be in that European Super League because there's no sure bet that that's going to happen at some stage in the future. So why would any football club now say, do you know what we're going to do? We're going to hold our hands up and say, we've got some challenges here, guys. So we'll come and work with you to take us through this to ensure that we don't do anything that's going to cause us a major problem in the future. Why the fuck would you do that? As a football club now, you would simply say, hide it, hide it. Let's not be transparent. Don't tell them anything because look what's happened to Everton, who have cooperated for years, who were told that they were actually sticking within the rules and who've cut this case, which is a very compelling case, to an independent tribunal as you said, Lee, how independent? Well, again, questions need to be asked of that. No football club's going to cooperate them, it, it, with them in the future. So for, for, from every possible angle here, from sport and integrity, they failed. For long-term, um, not integrity is the wrong word, for, for long-term credibility, they've failed. And for the game's sake, they failed. There is nothing good about this judgment. If you are a football supporter genuinely interested in the Premier League maintaining a position as a good competition, this is a very, very poor... It's a disastrous judgment. But as I say, the only people who are going to continue to shine a light and highlight this situation is Evertonians. And we've fucking got to do it and got to do it big time. Bang on. And the irony is, Frank, this, this whole thing came about because we were arguably the most vocal of of the clubs outside Correct. of the six that were going to that were basically leaving the league for all intents and purposes behind the Premier League's back. We were the, arguably the most vocal, and a club of standing as well, who's been you know, one of the founding fathers of the football league. You know, we were you know Bill at this time was very vocal about it. Do you know what I mean? We were all literally standing on a pedestal, shouting as far as we could go about how disgraceful it was. And then obviously the momentum gathered, and then we know what happened next. So, and then on, on the back of that, for then for us, the government to then kind of go, hold on a minute, guys. You know, are you can you keep your house in order here? Because if you can't, we're going to have to get a regulator in. You know what I mean? And then they've gone, okay. Well, Everton were the most vocal. Okay, but there's. I remember at the time when the charge came about, City got announced 115, and we got one. And then we were all like, hold on, what's going on here? Before they'd even actually, how are we even being charged? We've been yeah. speaking with them, like you said, Frank. We've been transparent throughout the whole process. And, you know, it's come out in, in the last week or so about Chelsea, about Roma Abramovich apparently having offshore accounts paying off agents and then skimming off some of the transfer dealings. And I believe, Mike, I don't know whether... Was it Todd Bowley that raised dubious accounting uh, when, he, when they were looking through the books before buying the club? It was him that raised it with the Premier League, wasn't it? Yeah, apparently so. When when they've gone to conduct a takeover at the club, they obviously he's got his, his people in. 
they've gone through the books and he noticed anomalies, which which basically I don't think he, he could he could couldn't rectify. There was no reason for them, and they apparently, whether it's true, I think it is. They approached the Premier League and said, "Listen, yeah, we, we found these going back so many years ago. Uh, we want to be we want to be transparent." And they presented them to the Premier League, apparently. But it does not say at all the fact that it's taken the new owners to come in. Abramovich has, has obviously swept a lot of things under the carpet and hidden things from the Premier League. And they haven't said that. They haven't said a word to them. They just signed off their books, no problem at all. All over those years, Chelsea, even before Todd Bowley has spent how, how much money? Since Bowley's come in, they've spent sort of like 900 million quid. You know, which is just sensational. You know, Everton, we just had this chat before we, we came on air. Everton, 18th in, in total net spend over the last five years, just over 27 <laughs> million, minus 27 million pounds. And, and we're the ones who've been charged and, and been, been docked 10 points. Make it make sense. You know, where, where's the where's the fairness? It's not a level playing field. We know that. What chance have you got? What chance? Listen, we, we can't escape the fact, and I said this to Lee, Lee yesterday, there's a lot of mitigating factors that we've lashed in there, of course. The war in Ukraine, massive, ignored. Global pandemic, massive, ignored. Obviously, the stadium situation. And Everton basically told for the first two, you should have planned for them, fellas. Oh, yeah, OK, yeah. Ne- next next time, what we'll do is we'll, we'll look forward and we have a little think about, um, you know, this, this global pandemic kicking off and shutting down football worldwide and a war. In countries that impact our sponsorship, what we'll do is we'll put that in our in our plans and in our thinking next time. You know, it's just stupidity. But also, we, we, we've got to we've got to remember that decisions that have been made again, and in, in the Everton boardroom, behind closed doors, away from fans, nothing that we can we can get involved with, nothing that we probably even understand after time, have been made and have also got us into this position. And the question, which is right, which is rightfully asked, is how we've we been allowed to get in this position as well. And that's where the regulator would come in and ask that question. But aren't I right in saying, though, Mike, that up until 2022, infrastructure costs weren't taken account of? Yeah, I think that would change, yeah. change in 2022. So, so, again, you know, when these charges are sort of being relayed back, then that wouldn't have impacted those, <laughs> that competitive advantage. As they, they call, well, the same, we didn't get a competitive advantage ironically enough um yeah. but you know again how would everton supposed to know that the rules were going to change it, it just there is nothing that screams out anything other than total injustice with this decision um but as i say i think we've got to be careful in thinking that an organization that's shown itself in the past to be very inflexible to all back each other up are going to look at the injustices that we can outline in a half an hour podcast so a good kc is going to be able to actually rip that judgment apart but to think that these clowns are going to say well actually you know what we're going to have to do now is review this decision as i say i don't think we can be that complacent and and i'm with you mike i think at some point in the future you know that there will be a need for us to scrutinize what was happening in the everton boardroom some of that's happened over the last 12 months or so anyway with certain people but I think at this moment in time, our focus entirely needs to be on the shit show that is the Premier League and the total injustice and unfairness of this decision. Because the best thing for them would be for us to be distracted from that very, very important campaign now, which is, as I said earlier, to shine a massive light 
on the lack of integrity within that organisation. The absolute shit show that has been the Premier League for a number of years now. And as I say, it started, I think, probably before the Sly Six decision. But certainly since then, nobody has genuinely thought the clubs outside of those six get a, a genuine crack of the whip. And I think the other point I'd make is, you know, something I, I, I sort of uh, alluded to earlier. But where do we go now in, in terms of on the back of this decision, there will be a clamour, rightly so, for a decision to be made quickly about Chelsea and Man City. Now, you know, both of those clubs have taken lots of points off, off Everton over the years. So if they're found to have been in breach in the rules, can we sue them? Because we can like, well, hang on, if they wouldn't have had that competitive advantage, we might have picked an additional 28, 29, 30 points up over those that, that period of time over these seasons. Where does it stop? Where does it end? I don't think they have realised what they have let, the genie they have let out of the bottle with this scandalous decision. And, you know, as I say, I think it's for us to make sure that the narrative doesn't switch, whereby... The national media sort of say, oh, well, you know, it's gone on for too long and somebody has to take the uh, somebody has to take the rap. It's going to have to be poor old Evan. It's our job to make sure that that narrative doesn't change, that this injustice is continued to be pointed out and that we do what we can to get the decision overturned. That will not just be for the good of Everton Football Club. That will be for the good of football generally. I think that's a really good point that. Really good point. Whilst I understand your point as well, Mike, about you know why are we even in this position and we should be pointing fingers maybe at that, they they would want us to cannibalise ourselves here. They would want us to turn in on each other and then, like you said, therefore almost forget about the Premier League here and then turn our anger towards obviously the board and machine that we have done over the last you know eighteen months, two years. And whilst there is a point to be made there, and we have rectified a lot of that, you know the the, the fans have been out there protesting, and in, in a way now we have. You know, made made the wholesale wholesale changes. The important thing is the light definitely definitely needs to be shined on the Premier League for this hundred percent. And and it's not just this. You know, the, the, we've said it. We've God knows how many times on this podcast. You know, you see it with decisions on the pitch. Correct. You, know, you see it. You see it even with football now. Whether we like it or not, is one big global brand. You know, the fact that the biggest game of next weekend when we go back, Manchester City against Liverpool's on at 12.30 on a Saturday to appease, to appease audiences in the Far East tells you everything you need to know. A game like that should not be on at that time, should it? When obviously the atmosphere is going to be nowhere near as good, but that's another story. And on top of all that, you know, UEFA have made their stance very clear by basically coming out and going, well, because the, we want the same, pretty much the same brand brands, not football clubs, same brands in the Premier League, uh, sorry, in the Champions League every season. If you do happen to have a crap season and finish outside the top four and you've got a, a strong European coefficient, whatever that means, oh, well, you can still get in. You can still get in, lads. You'll still, you'll still be allowed to play. And that tells you everything you need to know. They want the same teams in the same competitions, you know, every single year. And that's why... For me, it absolutely stinks. This is just like the cherry on top of everything else. Yeah. And and for me, you know, I was looking at it well, for the seasons in question, where we've been, where we're, obviously this is being uh, queried, we finished, respectively, we finished uh, uh, 12th, 10th, and then 16th. 
you know what I mean? So the 12th and 10th one, you can forget about that. So we weren't even in a relegation battle then. And then the 16th one, uh, when we came 16th that season, we were on 39 points, four points above four points above Burnley that season who got relegated. And the other two, Watford and Norwich, finished on low 20. So they were out of it as well. So, you know, there's an argument to be made there. Like, okay, look, would, would that have potentially changed things during that season? You mentioned there, Frank, about the whole Chelsea thing. Where do you draw the line? Well, we played Chelsea in, a, in an FA Cup final. So what are you going to turn around then? Are you going to turn around like, like some Liverpool fans are now saying, OK, if Everton are getting this, we want those Premier League titles when we went up against Man City. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, and I, I agree with you, Frank, there. I genuinely think that City, Chelsea, and, and United who are now in breach as well, by the way. United are now outside of the guidelines. Will they get touched? No, only time will tell. So it's hearsay. You'd like to think there would be, you know, like Everton have been reprimanded here. Will they get reprimanded? I just don't think they will. What appetite have the Premier League got to take on essentially a state, a very wealthy state, a wealthy country, what, to drag it through the courts for the, what, three, four, five, six years spending God knows how many millions to try and win an argument? It's not going to happen. If anything, the fact there's 115 charges benefits City because that means they can just, they can drag it out even further and the Premier League will get to a point going, we can't keep on spending this much money because we're getting nowhere here. They'll probably just walk away from the argument. I think City will walk away from the league before then. Uh, you oh, know, yeah. that hasn't gone away. You know, that, that idea of the European Super League is continuing because, as you've rightly said, Lee, UEFA are now doing everything they can to basically create this exclusive elite of clubs that they can just put on the television every other week for their viewers. You know, they want to do that on a more regular basis. The Spanish league isn't improving in terms of its overall quality and therefore Barcelona and Real Madrid continue to lose money. There's real pressure coming from them for that European Super League to be uh, set up. So, you know, that hasn't gone away. And, you know, won't it be ironic if in four or five years' time, uh, Mr. And, you know, the chief executive of the Premier League is calling upon clubs like Everton again to say, come and help us, guys. Uh, I hope Everton tell them where to piss off. Um, because, you know, we, we have been critical of our club and the boardroom um, for recent antics, and rightly so. There's a lot to be concerned about. And as I said earlier, I think we, we should scrutinise that at some point in the future. But the one thing we got absolutely right, and the most powerful letter that I saw in terms of opposition to that European Super League, came from our chief executive at the time, Denise Barrett-Baxendale. So as much as I'll be critical, as everybody else has been, over some of the decision-making processes, on that particular subject, Everton were out of the traps first, were absolutely spot on. And as I say, that letter, probably the strongest. And again, back to your point, Lee, are we being punished for actually <laughs> trying to defend the integrity of the Premier League competition. How ironic is that? Yeah, you're totally right. And, you know, going back to the Super League, um, Everton were the ones who came out and literally led the way. We, we literally led the way for everybody to basically get this, <clears throat> get this stop, get this shut down and protect the Premier League. And it's, um, you know, what, what, what thanks do you get? What thanks do you get? You get you get now punished with a in a way of losing ten points. You get the Premier League trying to get twelve points taken off you. 
you had them, everything getting run by them for so many years. We work with them, as Wolves have just done, which has been recently publicised. And you think, what's the point? What's the point? Might as well just taking the piss and taking 12 points. Why not? Because it means, it means nothing. You know, we, it, within the, the rules of the game, we are allowed to do that. The Premier League are there to support clubs. We said we're sailing close to the wind. Can you help us out? And it's come back to bases in the backside, big style. And now, like you say, you know, me, me mentioning obviously decisions that have been made by the board and things like that, and why we're in this position. That isn't the, that isn't isn't important as things currently stand at this current time. It will be, like you say, Frank. The time will come. But I think the Premier League and the Commission have thought by issuing the results of the panel on a Friday. Yes, an international break. Yes, is going to dampen the flames. Believe you me, it will not do that. Mm. It will not do that. There's over twenty thousand pounds already being raised by the eighteen seventy eight in preparation for the Man United game. I cannot wait to see what we've got on show in front of the world. Half past four, Super Sunday, the flagship, the flagship game of the weekend in terms of football coverage on any given week is is that is the half four on a Sunday. In front of the world, all the cameras looking at Goodison Park. I cannot wait for it, and we won't let up. You know, I saw I saw a comment yesterday about you. You know, you've you picked the fight with the wrong club. You picked the fight with the wrong fan base, the wrong fan base. Because we've been saying it for years. We've been calling out things for years. We've with we, we, the best with the best will in the world as a club. We've tried to stay within the in the rules that are set out. <clears throat> And we've tried to work with the Premier League. And as I said, it's come back and it's biting us on the backside. But as a fan base, as a club, players, manager, fans, this is not the time for, for division. This is the time to be united and be galvanised. And we certainly are that. That's all I've seen. That is all I've seen. And any, listen, most other clubs would sit there crying their ass off, feeling sorry for themselves. And they, oh, I'm just, I'm just taking it. You know, we ain't gonna do that. We well, there's one other do. there's one other club that wouldn't, and that and that's Liverpool. And again, that, that's because mm. they have got a Scouse fan base as well as the Norwegian contingent, of course. Um, but but the other the other thing I'll say there, Mike. Let's go back to the all the violins that the journalists got out for those six clubs, and it was all on the basis of the fans. You can't punish the fans. You've got to be sympathetic for the fans. Why should they? suffer because of decisions, as you were saying earlier, that were made behind closed doors. Well, there is nobody who is in any way, shape or form responsible for the difficulties that Everton have found themselves in. And I include the Premier League executive in that because, as I say, I repeat, they knew exactly what was going on in terms of Everton's financial situation because we were open book to them. But there is now nobody left at our club who had any responsibility for what has happened. Mishiri's going. Denise Barrett-Baxendet's gone. Bill Kenwright sadly passed away. So the only people now who are being punished for their poor decision-making, if that's indeed what it was, and as I say, I think there's lots of mitigated circumstances that they will point to, but it's the fan base. So the very people who... All of those journalists a few years ago were saying should be punished, the fans. Well, let's see what Henry Winter and Co come up with in terms of their support 
for Everton football support, football club supporters, because it should be 110%. Be interesting to see. My fear is the strength of the connections, the access, the money that the Premier League put into media companies. Are we going to see some backsliding from those journalists over the next week or so? Won't happen at a local level, but at a national level, again, we need to be calling that out if we see any of that backsliding happening. I think that's bang on. And, and, and also, by the way, it'd be interesting to get your points here uh, before we finish up is, you know, I, I kind of, what, what are Sean Dice and the players thinking now? Yeah, you know I mean, and, 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 you know, we've turned it round. I think, I think we're, we're fifth in, in, in the form league for the last few weeks. You know, Everton have been playing some good stuff. We've had some good results this season. Credit to Dice and the team, rightly so. You know, Sean has walked into an absolute shit show and he and he turned it round, or he's starting to turn it round. We're starting to see a backbone in this side now. You know what I mean? And evidenced by some of the results we've had, particularly away from home. You know, they've worked their absolute arses off, you know, to win some of those points, including more recently against a very tough game at Palace the other week. And effectively, that's been taken off them. So effectively, what are they thinking now? Now, I, I really hope, and I'm sure he will, and his team, Woney and everyone else, will, will literally turn around and kind of go, right, lads, it's us against the world here. It's classic Jose Mourinho, us against the world. Let's literally go out there and, and, and shove it right up their backside. And, and I'm sure he will do that. But my fear is, and I really hope this doesn't happen, is, you know, let's, you know United have, been, have had a really poor season this season, but they've got quality players. They could turn up at Goodison and turn us over in a one-off game. We know that. Let's say we, we lose that game. We've then got Newcastle at home. Again, we know a tricky game, right? So let's say we go on a bit of a sticky run and we end up in, you know, maybe bottom of the league. How, how, how Motivating the players then, it's not going to be easy. It's not going to be easy whatsoever because they're going to be sitting there going, we shouldn't be here. We shouldn't be here. We, we, were, we were knocking on, on, the, on the verge of mid-table, maybe even push for the outer spots of Europe here. Now, now all of a sudden, we're, we're back in a relegation fight. So... I don't know what you guys think, but you know how how's, how the management team, Daesh and everyone else, are going to try and deal with this. That that that's an interesting thing as well. I think also points to the farcical nature of the way in which the decision is then implemented. Because in any other walk of life, where there is an appeal, then the punishment is set aside. Yeah. What they've done here is they've deducted the ten points immediately and stuck us second bottom of the table. Well, yeah. that's not how any as I say, sensible, sane organisation will draw itself. Because, again, you look at it from the perspective of other clubs, they could now be in a position where they're saying, oh, happy days, Everton have been dragged back into it. In a couple of months' time, Everton might get those 10 points restored and they're out of it again. It just, as I say, it is an absolute shambles. And how the Premier League think that the optics of this are good with the government and other politicians is beyond me. The the other side of this coin, uh, and I'm reluctant to say it because, you know, how many times do Evertonians think three points today, <laughs> Luton Town at home springs to mind, uh, and we end up crying in our beer. So I'm reluctant to say this, but if you were ever going to get a points deduction in the Premier League, let's be honest, lads, it'd be this season, wouldn't it? Because of the poor quality of some of the sides in and around that league. Um, so I would still think that we've got a good chance of staying up 
But that is almost besides the point, because we, in my opinion, were heading for the first time in a number of seasons to a comfortable mid-table mid finish with then the ability to look forward with some confidence and some optimism as we move into the new stadium. They have taken, they have pulled the rug from under us, pulled the rug from under Sean Dice, the players, the supporters. Um, so I would still be um, you know, quietly confident that we could survive in the league, but it shouldn't be coming to that. And again, we shouldn't be thinking, oh, well, we'll accept a six-pointer because we'll be okay this season. We should be not get. We should not be in a situation of any points deduction given the case against us. At worst, it should have been something like an embargo on transfers or a three million pound fine, as that other bunch of shysters got. It certainly shouldn't have been points deductions. That shouldn't have even been on the agenda. And last point I'll make, Mike, because I think you've raised this as well. You know, first of all, they preempted the decision by coming out and feeding into journalists 12 points, 12 points, 12 points. And then the other thing, brilliant point that you've just made, the timing of the announcement. We're all supposed to think that this is going on without any influence from anyone in the Premier League and they announce it during the international break. Come on, who did he think they're kidding? Absolutely scandalous, disgraceful, amateurish, as I say, I think in the long term, and I hope in the long term, actually, this is the beginning and the end for an organisation that is, as I say, totally now done for in terms of its integrity. Oh, no, by, the, by the way, they decided not to give us a fine because we have, in inverted commas, a wealthy owner. I mean, <laughs> I mean, Wow. I, I, mean, think, I think that, by the way, was wow. the only level level of pity that they take on Everton because we haven't got any money. So they just yeah. got on a whole little bit more. <laughs> We're just a little bit different because there's no money there to pay. So <clears throat> that'll, be, that'll be the end of that. <clears throat> but what, what I'll say, listen, great discussion, obviously. So it's always better to talk these things out and and obviously <clears throat> get people's thoughts on these things. But what, what, what I'll sort of end on is, is this. When the Super League six clubs... Tried to break away, tried to join the Super League, and Everton was so vocal about it. To quote our statements at the time, this preposterous arrogance is not wanted anywhere in football. Now, what I will do is I will throw that back to the Premier League and I will say that your preposterous arrogance is not wanted or needed anywhere in football. And I'll see everybody, and we'll speak to you all next weekend. Post, post Manchester United, bring your voices, bring your booze, bring your t-shirts, bring your flags, bring the noise. Let the Premier League know that they've messed with the wrong set of fans. We will catch you there. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues, three opinions, one Everton podcast. Podcast Network.